Welcome to Pure Heart Church Podcast, Becoming Like Jesus. You're about to hear another inspirational message, and our prayer is that you are encouraged and one step closer to becoming like Jesus for the sake of others. Hey, welcome in, everybody. We're super excited to be with you today, and you can tell we're going to do something a little bit different. I brought some friends along with me. These guys are from our LifeBridge at Pure Heart Go Team. In just a minute, we're going to tell you a little bit about what that means and what all that's involved. But before we get started today, we really want to ask you this really important question, okay? Here it is. If you could change any one thing that you think is wrong with the world out there around you, what would it be that you'd change? If you could change any one thing out there in the world that you see as broken or needing fixing, what is it that you would change? Now, what you can do right now, go ahead and join us on the chat and share that one thing with us, if you would, please. All right. So I want these guys to introduce themselves to you. They're amazing people, part of our leadership team, our staff here at Pure Heart Church, our LifeBridge at Pure Heart Go Team. I'm Angel George. I'm one of the pastors on the LifeBridge at Pure Heart Go Team. I get the opportunity to oversee the partnerships, the programs, and the volunteer development. Yeah. My name is Dondi Rodriguez, and I am the pastor at Global Missions. And so what we get to do is everything you're going to hear today uh, that we do locally, I get to partner uh, and lead a team that's partnering with ministries in in Mexico, Guatemala, El Salvador, and, and who knows what else God has for us. Hey family, my name is Arthur Brown. I'm the director of LifeBridge Distributions. Basically, I oversee all of the incoming and outgoing donations from our partnering agencies outside of the resource center. So guys, thanks for sharing a little bit about who you are and what it is you do, but really the most important thing, I think, not only just what you do, but the why behind what you do. So if you would share a little bit about what is it that brings you back to this table? Because I mean, what you do is a lot of hard work. So where's your passion with what we do? Why is it that you keep coming back to the table, keep coming into work every day? You know, for me, uh, I know what it's like to grow up with very little, um, not much family or support, Um, you know, and basically did not have, you know, much. Back to school shopping consisted of two pair of jeans, maybe two or three shirts and a pair of shoes that had to last the whole year. And you're not the cool guy when you only have two pair of jeans, right? Um, But struggled with a lot of things in life and I thought life was always gonna be a certain crappy way, if you will. And um, uh, a life-changing event happened and God gave me a second opportunity, not only to do life the right way, but to come alongside others and help people, be the help that I wish I had growing up. So I'm yeah, very one, blessed and privileged to be here. Yeah, so one of the things I love is is the how the church is described in Acts chapter two, where they were in community with each other and, mm-hmm. and, and they built that community up and as, as God led them. And so I love the fact that uh, working in our ministry here, what, that's what we're doing, we're partnering with, with ministries, we're partnering with, with the community to bring help, healing and wholeness in, and with our volunteers. So my situation was a little bit different. I got passionate and stirred up because I began to hear and see people having needs and issues in a setting that wasn't the same as mine. I came up in a very comfortable setting in the suburbs. So what I did is I went down into the city of Detroit and in me going there, I got to come and see what people were experiencing and the issues they were having and literally literally began to be the voice that helps them get to where they need to get to. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, guys, a lot of times people, I think, wonder what it is we really do. You know, the LifeBridge at Pure Heart Go team, like, who the heck are you and what do you do anyway? And I think particularly the last 12 to maybe 16 months, we became known as the group that was 
providing food. Like we were primarily yeah, during yeah, COVID-19 in our response yeah. work, yeah. Uh, we became known as the group that was addressing food scarcity, which was true. That probably became about 90% of what we did. But really what we do is broader than that, so much more expansive. And But not only the programs and services that we provide and that we're gonna be leaning back into providing now that COVID is further and further behind us, thankfully, but behind those programs are very important values. We like to say we're not program driven, we're values driven. And so we wanna talk just real quickly about three really important values that drive the programs that we do. The first one is what we call the value of decentralization. So the idea of decentralization is we push the work that we do on this campus out into neighborhoods around us so that people who can't get to us can get to us people don't even know that we exist we go to them we don't wait for them to figure out who we are let's talk a little bit about decentralization and what that means for so us i saw i was at a church conference a few years ago it was a missions conference and in that church i saw some pictures on their wall and they had pictures of some of their people and they had a t-shirt on and the back of the teacher said this church has left the building i thought it was cool because they were out in the community and so i asked them hey could i use that can i steal that saying so i brought it back here we made pure heart you know life bridge pure a pure heart t-shirt says this church has has left the building with a picture of, of pure heart and at first some of my friends were saying doesn't that sound negative i said what do you mean they said well um it's left like where did the church go if it left <laughs> and, and I, I remind them i said we're not talking about the building the, in the right. building it's it's the people and where are the people we're now in the community uh reaching out it's good one of the ways that we went out into the community and decentralized um, was the services that we provided. COVID hit yeah. and we totally shifted. We took all of our services that we provided indoors and we took them outdoors and we took them out into the community. In triple digits, nonetheless. Oh right. I remember those days. <laughs> triple digits isn't even the word for it. We were able to take everything that we did from giving resources to provide interaction to prayer support to even the benefit of food yeah. that we gave and shift it to outdoors. We didn't just do it on our campus, but we took it out yeah. into other communities. Yeah. We literally, as a church, said, no, you can't come to us. We're going to come to you. Yeah. yeah, And it was amazing. It was incredible to watch God work. You would think extending the days and hours of the Resource Center, we'd have to limit and ration what we give out. And the demand, the increased yeah. demand of people yeah. we, we were serving. We wanted to make sure it was going to last. Yeah. Yeah. The complete opposite happened. Uh, Provision came in abundance. I'm talking from everywhere. Uh, Pure Heart members were bringing food, cleaning supplies, diapers. Our partnership with St. Mary's grew. We started getting mega deliveries. Uh, we People had, we didn't even know from around the country yeah. sending us semi-loads of products. Same right? thing in the neighborhoods. They didn't attend the church. How'd you hear about us? Oh, I was just driving by, see what you guys do, and wanted to bring some food. But Wells Fargo corporate office, we had a partnership with them for three months. And every week we were getting 400 pre-made lunches. That was That's crazy. 400 pre-made sandwiches, 400 pieces of fruit, 400 bags of cookies, and 400 bottles of water every week for three months. That, I mean, it was incredible. No, no, no. I mean, incredible. that allowed us to even bless our nurses yeah. at the Thunderbird Banner yeah. Hospital yeah. and get care packages yeah. to the teachers that were still working yeah. and even to some of the students that were out of yeah. school and in their homes. There was so much abundance, we were able to start the Love Your Neighbor initiative. Um, we understood that people didn't know about us or they couldn't come to us for whatever reason. So we said, we'll help. We'll prepare the boxes. We'll load it up for three days worth of supplies of food. All we ask you to do is come pick it up and deliver it to a neighbor or those you know in need. 
and people showed up and it allowed them to have a direct impact to the, their community directly. It was amazing. Do you know how crazy that got? So there was a couple that just a year before, uh, they were working the Navajo Nation. Uh, uh, yeah. And actually Ray, you know, Ray had yeah. family. Yeah, Ray and Jen. And so they had asked for Bibles. Could the church supply Bibles? We said, of course. Well, that day came when they came to get the Bibles. And I said, well, do you mind just kind of come inside and saying hello to us? And so they were on their way to the Navajo Nation with the Bibles, but they also wanted to get some potatoes, some onions, water, which was desperately needed. Remember that, that the day before we had just gotten that truckload, <laughs> pallets, pallets. <laughs> Some onions, potatoes, and beans. Yeah, we thought, Bob, what did you do? What are we going to do this the day before? So as they were telling us their story, um, they were disappointed. They could only take so many. You know, they, they only could get together so many. Yeah. And when they said, what, we asked, oh, what did you need? They said, well, we're hoping to get beans and potatoes. And we looked at each other. I said, well, can we throw a truckload of onions and water as well? And so when we showed them what we had, they were able to go up with a full truck. Uh, with beans, potatoes, onions, and, and ex extra water. Yeah, we loaded right then and there on the right spot. There, we right loaded there, they had a 26-foot yeah. yellow Penske truck that was half empty, and their vision had been to fill that truck. Yeah. And so we like we stopped, we filled the truck and yeah, off did. to the nation. Yeah. They God went. used that moment to open my eyes and um, and humble me, if you will. I remember getting kind of upset. Bob, we don't have room for any of this. You can yeah. say no, um, but. Praise God that you were obedient and didn't listen to me uh, because God knew the needs of Ray and Jenny and those on the Navajo Nation yeah. before uh, we did, obviously, and they were using us. He was using us to store yeah. it all. Yeah. And not only were they blessed with food and provisions, but we were blessed with new relationships and now a new partnership. Yeah, incredible. and one other powerful aspect of what we mean by decentralization, it's not just the work that we do, yeah. with, and not just with us, but the other members of our team, Mo and Micah, and um, and even the army of volunteers that work oh, with God. us. Yeah. It's not just that work, but the idea of decentralization centralization is that more and more ministry opportunity rests in the hands of our people that we because we know God is stirring the hearts of our people to tackle some of these big issues that are going on in the world around us right yeah. fixing the things that are broken with our world and so uh, you know the idea of being able to see those people come alive and right. step into what it is God's called them to do yeah our, I mean we've got a great membership here at Pure Heart I mean we've got a lot of people that want to have uh, to make a difference but what happens a lot of times is somebody has an idea or they're wondering. So tag your it. Yeah, tag your it. They come and they yeah. ask us, what are we doing? They want us to plan, lead, and organize. Hey, I have a do. great idea for you because you're a pastor, so you should yeah. do this. Or they'll say, when is the church going to do this? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. we get to say, hey, let's go and do this yeah. together. Yeah. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, it was um, that's just how it's been structured, right? So mm -hmm. what comms does, what Communities on Missions does, is it links together like-minded individuals who have the same heart and passion to see a difference in a certain area come together. And what we look to do is form teams that um, is not contingent or dependent on the church staff to accomplish its goals or its initiatives. Yeah. Um, so what we do is we come alongside, we help train and equip, and it's just like what Paul was talking about in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, um, that Christ gave us the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers so that we may equip his people for works of service to build up the body of Christ. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is, and that's what comms does. I feel like part of the equipping is the stirring, mm -hmm. and that stirring came from some of the different moments that you just described yeah. in comms. When we sat back and we actually got to see it for ourselves, never did we imagine in our planet that there were gonna be 450 plus people in one room, yeah. buzzing synergy, raw emotion, raw passion, and people saying, what next? We did. And I think we did a great job planning, but the one thing we forgot was the Kleenex. Yeah, we didn't yeah. expect the atmosphere to get to, to, to grow to the momentum that it got to. Yeah.
there was this lady. So it's, I know they were grouping in their in what, what their passion was. And mm-hmm. so as I walked by the homelessness table, there was a lady. Her name was Mercedes. And she was sharing the reason why she was at the table is because two years prior, she was living out of her car. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a church person that helped her. And then through the church, helped her. She, now she's living in an apartment. And she says, I'm sitting here because I want to help other people that were just like me. Yeah. And she was sharing a story. That's amazing. So earlier we had asked the question, What's the one thing that, or one injustice, if you could see changed or fixed, what would that be? If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and answer that on the chat. Because what we want to do is we want to invite you to the table to learn more about those passions. If you live locally, we'd love to you to come and join us. You can RSVP at peerheart.org backslash com or email me at abrown at peerheart.org. Um, and, and again, that's if you're here local in Phoenix. And if you're not local in Phoenix, we don't want you to feel left out at all. We would love to know how God is stirring and moving in your heart. And we would love to be able to talk with you about maybe how we could come alongside and uh, maybe help you get something started with wherever you may be around the state, around the country, maybe even around the world. So please um, just reach out to us by email and uh, let us know how God's moving in your heart. And let's start a conversation with you about what that might look like wherever you are. So guys, there's a second value, obviously, that's super important to us as well, not just decentralization, but we talk a lot about advocacy. And by advocacy, we mean literally walking alongside someone. And that could look like maybe doing something for someone or speaking for someone who might not be able to do for themselves or speak for themselves. I love the way that we do that at the Resource Center. Um, We don't just invite people to come and get food to meet a need. What we do is we invite them into an opportunity for us to walk alongside them. We invite them into a place where we can get eyeball to eyeball with them so that we can see them where they're at, but so that we can also move them beyond where they're at. I love how we get to be that example in their lives that Holy Spirit is in our own lives. He literally comes alongside us as an advocate. He stirs something up on the inside of us. And then what do we do? We begin to stir it up on the inside of others. Um, one of the teams that get um, to do that, that, that do it well, is the resource specialists. Yes, they get sure. to sit down, not just hear what's going on with somebody and try to fix it for them, but they get to hear them, pe- hear them and peel back the layers, yeah. walk alongside them, advocate for them, not only hear what it is that they're saying, but also begin to speak for them and begin to teach them how to have a voice in, oper- in moments where they felt like they were the voices. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like that one time um, there was, uh, we were working at a school. So one of the programs is, you know, to love our schools. Mm-hmm. And I remember growing up, they said, teenagers should be seen and, and not heard. And uh, so we were working at this school, uh, for, you know, helping them with, with food and snacks. And there was this young girl that uh, was walking through the hallway and, and I just kind of, you know, just saw, said hello. And I said, where you at? And she goes, um, they have a resource center in the school and they provide snacks for kids, especially if they're hungry. And so as she came out of the room, I said, well, you know, let me walk you back to your class. And I said, well, tell me your story. And really quick, she said, well, just like this, uh, my dad's in jail, my mom's a drug addict. And, um, and mm-hmm. then she said, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish school. And I'm gonna, my life's going to be different. And uh, then I found out a few few months later that the principal of that school uh, started fostering her and her sister. Wow. And just a few months ago, I got a chance to go to her graduation and, and, awesome. and talk with her about her dreams. Yeah. You know, yeah, we awesome. all experience different things in life, right? Um, mm-hmm. When I first started serving here at the Resource Center uh, back in 2017, 
Um, I told myself, man, I wish I knew of a place like this when I was young. I know what it's like to go, not know where your next meal is coming from. But even if I knew of a place like that, I might not even have gone. I had too much pride or just too ashamed. So my goal every time that I went to serve was to make sure that every guest that came in felt seen and felt welcomed. I remember one night a woman and her daughter are there and she's just, a, she keeps apologizing that she had to be there. And then she tells me that her daughter was embarrassed to be there. Um, I, I, I told her right away, stop. I mean, at the end of the day, life happens, I get it. Um, you're not alone and we're here for this exact reason. And then when I said that, the little girl looked up and said, I, you know, I don't feel as bad because I see somebody else from my school here. I mean, so it was a great opportunity to show them, look, you're not alone. You're not the only one. I love how we, we help, help people to see yeah. that they're not alone, yeah, right. that they're seen. And not just the individuals that come through, the volunteers, but the best part that really made, brings me such joy is that when those come through that we do serve and they've um, received love, received the community, just like you were sharing yeah. in your story, but then they turn around and they come back yeah. and serve too. And they say, I just want to come. I want to give back. I want to do for somebody what you guys did yeah. for me. It's incredible. Yeah. So what does that look like moving forward, Angel, too? Because so, we talk about decentralization, mm -hmm. which is, you know, involving more and more people. What does that look like for the resource center? So what that looks like for the resource centers, there's a few next steps you can take. If you're local, what you can do is you can go to pureheart.org forward slash LifeBridge, and you can select some of our volunteer opportunities, or you can email ageorge at pureheart. You can also visit the resource table in the lobby. If you're not local, you can email ageorge at pureheart. We can talk to you about how you want to get started doing things like what we're doing here at LifeBridge, or even how we can encourage you in what you're currently doing. And we like to say to Angel, we always have an available seat at the table yes. for what we do, right? Yes. It's amazing. You've shared with me numerous times how like we have like 450, 460 volunteer time slots every week available for yes. people to do what they do. But many of those seats, those volunteer seats are filled by the same person two, three, four times throughout the week, right? So mm -hmm. listen, folks, there's plenty of opportunity for those of you, again, that live within reach of the campus. You're like right here in the city and you want to get involved with us, man, we would love to have you. But for those of you that are outside of our reach, maybe you're around again, around the state, around the country, around the nation, maybe you'd be interested in, hey, what would a resource center uh, look like that you might help set up. We would love to have that conversation with you, so don't hesitate to reach our way. Guys, a third value that we love to talk about, not just decentralization, not just advocacy, but we talk about shared story, yeah. or what we like to call face-to-face -face interactions with people. We're about oh. proximity, yeah, right? Nearness. And when we mean shared story, we talk about just the idea of asking someone, getting close enough to a person and having the space to be able to invite them to share their story with us. Like, who are they? And yeah. what are some of the events of their life that have actually shaped their story and who they are? So one of the things that I like about shared stories is the... Um, just being able to speak that intrinsic value into people, um, being able to get eyeball to eyeball with them um, and letting them know, I see you, I hear yeah, you. Yeah. And then stirring something up on the inside of them. Oh, One of the oh, things oh. that we've said so many times over COVID is this is essential, that's essential, or you're an essential. Intrinsic value is letting somebody know that they are essential. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I think we, we've been saying this a lot today is that you're not alone. You said it, you said it. Mm -hmm. I know you're about to say it, but that's what I love <laughs> um, about what's going on yeah. here. So the shared story is, is you, you're sitting across from someone and, and you hear, oh my gosh, you've gone through that too? Mm -hmm. Then I'm not alone in this. Um, not only, I'm, I'm, other people are, sh are sharing your experiences, also you're not alone. 
because people are hearing you. So you're sitting in a group and in, in, in the community. And that's what I, what I love about it. Yeah, that. some of the most powerful work I think that we do off this campus, out in neighborhoods particularly, is what we call presence and proximity. Yeah. So we get up close to people. We, we help them to see that they aren't alone, that we're present with them. And one of the ways that that's facilitated is through the opportunity to invite them to share their story with us. What I love too is it just helps us better understand them, right? Um, the definition of understand is to interpret or view something a particular way. And sometimes, a lot of times, without knowing a person's story or experience, we jump to conclusions or we have these judgments about them. But when you finally see you know, what is, why they act a certain way, once you hear their stories and their experience with certain things, it helps you understand. And from, I mean, it's very powerful how that works. I feel yeah. like we had a really special moment to see that in action. We had volunteer appreciation and we had this wonderful person just begin to come up and share. And it was almost one of those moments that moved the entire room because this person is somebody that's usually quiet, yeah. meek. Um, and when he came to the front, it was almost like, we know something powerful is about to happen right now. And in that moment, I don't think it was a dry eye in that room afterwards, that he began to share what his experience was with us. He began to share his story. And as he began to share the depth and the sensitivity of his story, it shifted, I wanna say the hearts, the spirits of every person in that room. And it made them say, wow, I just sought to understand so that I can now be understood by this person. And I feel like that's what Share Story does. It breaks down all the barriers. It takes us both to ground zero and we see eyeball to eyeball. I can see where you're coming from. I can understand how you feel. And in turn, it opens you up to want to hear the same about myself. Speaking of breaking down barriers, um, Bob might have mentioned that some of this in his message last week, but I'm looking forward and I'm excited. In the moving forward in the next few months, what we hope to do is drop big tables in the middle oh, of neighborhoods yeah. and communities all throughout <laughs> Phoenix. So yeah. Places that we normally probably wouldn't go or yeah. people we probably wouldn't go to. And we're gonna drop these tables and we're gonna invite them to come join a meal with us. And the two things we're gonna ask is what's your story? Yeah. And tell me some of the experiences that you've gone through that shaped who you are today because powerful things happen to them. Yeah, and we, we're gonna be doing that at Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Right around Christmas and at other times. Some really exciting opportunities yeah. that people are gonna have uh, to share in those shared story experiences. Definitely. And I mean, just imagine what God could do, you know? Imagine what God could do around those tables, Definitely. bringing things that we've already talked about, like unity and healing mm-hmm. and encouragement. That can happen through shared story yeah. around a shared table. So thanks, guys, for sharing a little bit about what you do and and how you do it. It's been a lot of fun. And hopefully that's given you a greater understanding uh, about what we do, not only here on this campus, but out in the neighborhoods and the community around you. We are really excited about the opportunities to partner with you in the future.